First Peter, chapter one. Before I start to read, when we read through this first section of First Peter, verse thirteen is the start of something new that Peter wants to address. And everything in this early portion portion is building them up for greater service, to remind them of the promises of, of Christ Jesus. So follow along as I read. Peter, apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles in dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling of his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God of Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has called us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to inheritance as imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you not now see him, you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was be yours, searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ in the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in these things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news. To you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, Things in which angels long to look. Therefore, preparing your minds for action, being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he has called you, holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. We understand in this text, Matthew, right? Matthew brought up something that's so important in our worship. As we were, as we were singing Fanny Crosby's, I was thinking of Fanny, how now she's with the Lord, and she was blind most of her life, I think, maybe from birth. And how she lived faith out without seeing things. 
Well, we're a people that see things. We see the world around us. God created things that were pleasurable. And sometimes we get overstimulated by the world, and we need the Word of God to transform our thinking. In this first part of the text, we see this, this great promise. It's an already and not yet. You've, have you ever heard that before? Already, not yet. Tim, Tim's always got our thinking in that. And I've been blessed to have Pastor Tim. He was my neighbor. He was the one who really preached the gospel the first time I ever heard it. I was Isaiah 59, and I knew I was separated from my God. So he had been instrumental in, don't blame my preaching on him now. This is my deal. I'm, I'm just a farmer. So this, this sermon was written loading hogs, feeding hogs, doing concrete work and maintenance this week. So I didn't have a lot of study time, but this is a passage I, I often look to. It's kind of a go-to to strengthen me because we need eyes of faith in this world. So, so here we are, the people of God. Peter's addressing them. They're scattered. They're, they're in suffering. They're, they're in trials. They have a tendency to go back to the old ways. But he calls them to this living hope. And that's, you know, Tim goes, what do you want to title? I go, oh, I don't know. Living hope. Well, that's what we need. We need living hope. And that only comes in something that is protected and secured by Jesus Christ. Follow along here in, in chapter 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has called us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To inheritance... That is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Now everything kept in heaven for you. We understand what is perishable in our life, do we not? Even the, the things we achieve. But I got to think about friendships. Friendships that lead people to Christ are the only thing we can, we can take with us. But this, this salvation is protected by God's power. Why, why do we know we have it? Because we've been born again, born again by the Spirit of God. This living hope, because in Romans it says, hope that is seen is not hope at, at all. I, I got to thinking how we use hope in like a slang. Well, I hope you have a good week. You know, I hope you, you're blessed tomorrow. And that's we're not assured of that, are we? We're assured of this hope. This hope is assured. It's guaranteed because what Christ, and more importantly, what Christ has done, but the resurrection and finished work of Christ affirms it. It confirms who God was in the flesh, that he dwelt among men. He walked as we walked. He is one who we can follow and we must follow, but it's kept in heaven in a place that is undefiled by sin, it's unfading. It will, won't fade away. It won't change. Everything we have in this, this earth where we walk, as we, we go about and uh, we earn a living, we, 
we buy things, we, we see money that just isn't worth anything. But this, this is unfading, it's undefiled, it's, it's imperishable, it's kept for us that are in Christ Jesus, who by God's power are being guarded through faith. Now faith is being assured of what we believe in, and that's what the, the, the old saints were, were strengthened by. We, we have, and we, we go on later here, and it's, we, we have more than the old saints had. It's pinned down for us. I think of your, your study in Ruth, and Ruth and Naomi. Naomi had to find that Ruth was the grace of God in her life, that she was provided by God, this, this sister in the Lord, to come alongside even though she had grieved much. And I thank you for your, your lesson because I'm sorry I was quiet, but I'm just taking it in. I haven't studied Ruth for a long time, but, but those are just foreshadow things of what we have now. We are treasured. We are God's treasured possessions. As quirky as we are, you know, but we're all, we're all different, and God's knitted you together in this body. For his glory. And now, now the, the hard part comes. The not yet, but it's, it awaits us. It awaits us. We, we anticipate it. Through our trials, and you know, you, your church here has gone through a trial because you're, you don't have leadership in possession yet. But now, for a short time, God's showing you what you need to do. You're guarded by this faith and this salvation. It's ready to be revealed in the last time, but in this, you rejoice. So now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by, by certain trials. Maybe you have something personal in your life, something hard in your work. Maybe a family member is difficult or, or somebody's not, isn't coming to Christ like you wish. A family member. I know that's what really hits my heart is when uh, family members do not see the glory of Jesus Christ. But this testing and genuineness of your faith, how, how do we know we're in Christ? We become steadfast and faithful as he is. Did you see how that read out in, in Psalm 103? He is, he is faithful. He never treats us as our sins deserve. And these patterns are Christ-like. They're foreshadowing the things that Christ lived out. And now we have so much more. So we know we can, we can live this out in faith. But what does this... It's, it's tested by fire. You know this gold and one of my favorite shows. There's not many shows left on TV. is Gold Rush, you know. I'm a farmer, so I like big machinery, you know, and they, they burn that gold down, and then there's that dross that comes up. And that's, that's us, our faith, in the sin that God brings up. Well, what? There's always sin there, isn't there? I was converted in 92, and I, I still see sin. But it's like the, the young lady or young man who goes to the doctor and they diagnose his disease. And it's curable. Our justifications, like the the pill they give the the patient, 
He says, you're, you're fine now, but the patient goes, well, I'm not. I'm still sick, but he goes, you'll be cured. Well, our justification brings us, we're right before God, but our sin has to be taken away. We have to be cured of it. And this is God's purposes. Even in the scattering of God's people in, in 1 Peter, even though they're, they're going their separate ways, God's going to restore them if they're his. And he says, your, your genuineness of your faith, though it's tested by fire, may be found and result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's looking ahead. It's not here. Don't think your, your unbelieving friend's going to pat you on the back and say, man, I just... I love your faith in Christ. You're showing Christ to the world as you walk. You are God's chosen and holy priesthood. Peter addresses these things later in the letter. And when you read a letter, if we take the, the first part of it, we've got to take the fullness of it. He's calling them back to this, that you are my people and I'll be your God. That's who we are. That's who we are. And this revelation of Jesus Christ is the yet to come. And the praise and honor and glory always has to be in him. It's not us. We must become less and he must become greater. Remember John the Baptist said that. That's, that's a, a mantra you can say in your life. I don't want you to see me up here preaching the word. I want the word of God to come alive in your hearts. Though you have not seen him, you love him. I think of Fanny Crosby when she received her sight before the Lord. Lord Jesus, now my faith, my faith is no longer. I will see you face to face. We love him, though we have not seen him. Why do you show up? Because we love him. Because he's called us out of darkness into this kingdom that is full of light and goodness. Sin promised nothing. It promises pleasure, but it will never promise happiness. And that's what he's going to go into here later. But this, this um, he says, though you have not seen him, you, don't, you have not seen him, you love him, you believe in him, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtaining the outcome of your faith and salvation of your souls. This happens through the week. God is faithful in your worship at work. And sometimes work isn't like worship. But if we live sacrificially, it becomes worship. As we go beside our unbelieving friends and family members and are faithful and kind and gracious. In vessels that are worthy of this glorious treasure. Now he addresses this in verse 10. That concerning the salvation. The prophets. They prophesied about this grace. And they, they searched and inquired carefully. Inquiring the person in time. The spirit of Christ in them was in, indicating. And when he predicted the sufferings of Christ. 
in the subsequent glories, it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, you, me. They were serving us. They awaited and anticipated the time we live in. Sometimes we get so discouraged about our surroundings, whether it be politics or abortion, that we have to know that the power of the gospel is greater than anything man can do because it is the working of God to redeem a people. Now, we support a, a pregnancy uh, center that they share the gospel. It's powerful. There is hurting young ladies that need to hear hope in the midst of chaos. You read that passage in Matthew. Sometimes we, we say that's a gospel call, but we, we forget what it says later. It says, come to me all who is heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we give it to our unbelieving friends, but we, we forget that we're yoked with Jesus, that we commune with him. He calls us to abide in him because apart from him, we can do nothing. At times when we're ministering, we think we're alone in this. No, we're doing his work and he is abiding in us as we understand the gospel and we fall in love with Christ and know what, what love is. You know, some of you that's been married a long time, love is not just a hooey-gooey feeling. It's you, you've been through things that are tough. You, you serve one another. And this is how we, our love is drawn in abiding in Christ and having that, that union in Christ. That union in Christ that brings us to this place of, yes, I've been called. I must serve. I must, I must, Lord, put me in awkward places. Peter knew this. Peter failed. And God restored him to a place that was so powerful. Remember the last of John where he says, You know I love you, Lord. Three times. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Each one of you here are able to feed one another. Now, yeah, you need leadership, but be examples of the grace of Christ. Look out for one another. Look out for one another. If we don't, this is a John Piper quote, and I just hit the spot. If you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it's not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. 
But it's because you've nibbled so long at the table of the world, your soul is stuffed with small things, and there's no room for great things. The kingdom of Christ, which is made up of lives, it's something that's more precious, more precious than anything we can achieve in this, this earth. So this good news... This good news that prepares us for the work of Christ. And that's what Peter's addressing in these later verses. It says, therefore, preparing your minds for action, being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you, the revelation of Jesus Christ. A looking ahead, an anticipation. I hope you anticipate sometime, even a farmer come to preach the word. I hope you anticipate meeting together in your homes. You need to anticipate these things because it's just a foreshadowing of what we will receive in Christ Jesus. We see Christ Jesus in the church, the body of saints that he has bought with his precious blood, being born again, made anew. As obedient children, do not be conformed with the passions in your former ignorance, I call them stupid days. I live a lot of stupid days. And you're like, Lord, why did you save me? Because I had it written down before the creation of the world. Do you not marvel at his saving grace? That he protected you? That he, it's a mystery to me. I, it's not a mystery in Christ, but how he put up with me for so many years. But he saved us for his glory and his grace to do his work. But as he's called you as holy, also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Now that, that word holy is, is not we're, we're perfect Though the, we are justified right before God, but we are set apart for his glory, for his intimate work, this changing and transforming our lives. And it starts with our minds in, in nurturing it with the word of God that would, would help us just to love and adore Christ. You know, we, this is one of the ways in practical I love music, and Jesus Lover on my soul, he goes, I go, he's playing Jesus Lover. Well, I'm used to singing in my shop to myself as I need strengthen in my day's walk. I'll sing it clear through, and it sounds a lot different, but he played it great. But listen to what he says, thou, O Christ, art all I have, more than all in thee I find Raise the fallen, cheer the faint, heal the sick, and lead the blind. Lord, give me eyes of faith to see and to know that your will in my life, what I need to do. The workers are few. You know what? In a small community like this, God took a small number of disciples and change the world you can change this world 
for his glory. By the little things, by the faithful things that we do. But we have to nurture by the word of God, by the singing of those hymns, to remember what he's put in our place. So he removes the sin little by little. You see the faithfulness of his, of his calling as he faithfully takes you through life, helps you raise your children. I was thinking of this, again, this, the power of what we have. John, John penned it well. Just listen to this. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. John bore witness and cried out, this is whom I said, who comes after me, ranks before me because he was before me. For from the fullness we have received grace upon grace. See, we don't receive grace when we become callous to the things, maybe a bad relationship um, in your life that needs mended, a hard relationship, something that's affected you. God says, take care of it. Nurture one another. Paul says this in Corinthians, working together with them, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Not to be a vessel that says, when you come into worship, you're giving yourself, but God's giving you his word. Somebody's looked at the word and can give that to you. And it's his very revelation. When we think of the glory of God, that's the revelation of his being. And until we meet him, this is, this is the revelation of, of who he is and how faithful he is. So we prepare ourselves for war as it is. Listen what Colossians is this putting on. Put on then, and, and we can really apply this in the church Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against the other, forgiving each other as the Lord's forgiven you. So you also must forgive above all those put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, in which indeed you were called to one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. To God, with whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's your marching orders. I give you your marching orders. Think about these things. Dwell on them. Murmur them. The old saints would murmur the scriptures. And, you know, we have so many Bibles. There's no excuse for them to, to not have a Bible in your work vehicle, in your workplace. 
You can get it on your phone. Murmur. Let them dwell in you richly. So they do the work of Christ. That, that your heart's nurtured because your, your mind has been focused on what he, he has before us. Would you just think about this a minute? As Christ told us to pray, he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As the injustices in life and surrounding, and you understand the ruler of the kingdom of air wants to attack us with things we see in the news, people around us, he wants to discourage us. He, does, he wants to defame Christ. Our goal is to deflect that and know thy kingdom will be done. Thy glory will come. There will be a new earth. Their heaven awaits us. But again, everything will be restored. There's a book I, I would really, I, I really think it's appropriate to, you can talk to Caleb and it's by David, uh, David Paul Tripp. It's so good. It's called Awe, A-W-E, simple as that. And he talks about this, we lose, you know, we're, we're saved, we, we're excited for the Lord, but at times we lose this awe of God. And we think of awe of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. And we don't fear him in the way that the old covenant did. And they learn to love him more and more. But we, we stand in awe of what he's done at the cross and how faithful he is to us. He says, all is a longing for, this is from this book, A-W-E, you can remember that. All is a longing for a place where you hunger and will be satisfied. Jesus has paid for and prepared that place for you. Since there is no greater grace than to be invited into the presence of such glory. There is no greater grace than to have your fickled heart forgiven and finding satisfied forever and ever. We read this in Revelation. The spirit and the bride says come. Let the one who hears come. Let the one who's thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. We desire those days, Father, when sin will be no more. You are so faithful. You are so good. As we think of the Lord's table, we, we know we need reminded. We need, we need strengthened. We need shown our errors. And we need shown the gospel of glory. That great work that you did at the cross. We thank you. Help us to be a thankful peace, people in Jesus' name. Amen.